Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 156 of Final Boss TV. Normally, of course, your WoW and game rating show, but kind of not in a way, as we slowly grow and, and do different spotlights and community things. More of those shows on the horizon, of course. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter to make sure about those. My name is Adam KK Bay. I am the host of this today shindig, which if you were here for like the little preamble, I don't know if I can control this show for very long. For whatever reason, it'll be the, the NPR, the Uther quotes, or giggling that may assume that it's control over the entire production. But I would not be sitting here bringing you the show today, of course, if it wasn't for the amazing support the show has been receiving and growing on Patreon. Side note, there is a BTS for this show. It'll be up after the show is done live today. So if you are on Patreon and you want the BTS podcast, it'll come out a little bit about an hour of me talking to all the guests. But a special shout out, of course, real quick to Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Delphir, Screws Loose, and Mia for your assistant producer pledges. If you want to help support the show, you can go check out the Patreon page linked down below. We're close to the Molten Store opening up, but there are the show notes, which will be posted for the show, as well as different BTS podcasts that are just these meet and greets, unscripted madness that is that happens before every show. You can go check those out for the post-BlizzCon special, the pre-BlizzCon special. These ones are incredibly funny. You can go check those out over on the page linked down below, or of course up, up top here on YouTube or down below. That, that's all down there. But that's enough about me rambling, as I normally do in the intro of the show. But um, ho hopefully she can control herself, maybe during the show. Uh, wait, did you already? Sparks, please. <laughs> little, little Sparks, hi. <laughs> Welcome Hi. to the show. Hi. Hello. Are you are you just be you're our giggle machine today? Is that is that yes. gonna happen? Yeah, probably. It's it's pretty common with me. Awesome. Well, welcome. Are you ready to talk about cosplay and big poofy armor? Absolutely. It's my favorite thing, so I'm ready. Joining you today is also the dynamic duo of the Egg Sisters. We'll find out why their name is like that, but there they are. Hi, ladies. Hello. Oh, don't do the hands. You turn into pixel blobs. Yeah. Like, yeah. As intended. Oh, you can control gosh. us. Oh, you turned into blobs so much that there we go. Discord, please. You're back. <laughs> so who's doing most of the talking today? Dana or Courtney? Who's who's talking today? It's oh. Dana. <laughs> I've been thrown under the bus. You've, been, right. you've been volunteered as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm Dana. And that's Courtney, and we're actual sisters. And... Are you really yeah. though? You're not just like you're not fake sisters. I may have been adopted. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh. As far as we know, we are actually related. Oh, okay. Very good. And then following this up with all the Uther quotes and the sultry NPR voice, there is Hoku. Welcome, sir. Hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> You got, you got to give us something, right? Give give the live audience something, right? Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the music here. Go. Do something? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, now I'm doing this on the spot. Take a while and listen. I'm not Uther. I'm Deckard Kane. Come on. De okay, Deckard Kane works too. <laughs> that's that's, that's fine. Are you actually? Yeah. Is that a spoiler? Are you letting that out of the bag right now? Yeah. That would be fun. Like a Deckard Kane Lionheart mashup. Kane heart. <laughs> 
<laughs> be really old Reinhardt. Like, like Reinhardt. Have like a worse leg, peg <laughs> leg. <laughs> Nurr, stay wild in this end. Yeah. I'll be your shield. <laughs> yeah, that would have worked really well, I think. I, that's that's the thing. We don't, I don't have that in the show notes at all like that, but uh, yeah, cosplay mashups do it. I mean, Sparks just got done gender-bending Arthas, so uh, come on. It's a thing. You can do, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I will throw the mic right back over to Hoku and just introduce yourself. Who the heck are you? And what the heck do you do? Uh, I'm Hoku. Uh, I go by Hoku. Hoku Props. I'm a, a streamer. I'm a cosplayer, prop maker, kind of all over the place. I do a lot of stuff. I make a bunch of stuff for fun. Uh, I was the winner of TwitchCon in 2016, their cosplay contest with my uh, larger-than-life Lionheart costume. And then uh, this last year, uh, I was Uther Lightbringer, and I actually judged TwitchCon 2017. So, yeah, check me out. Hi. I'm going to bring your Lionheart up real quick just okay. to, to show... The scope. There's a whole album of this on his Facebook page, but that is you standing next to uh, a vehicle, a, a, a jeep, and you are that tall. Yes, I am that tall. That's actually my car. That was the uh, submission photo for for TwitchCon in 2016 when I was trying to be a finalist. So the armor was very roughly assembled for the the scale of things, but I wanted the uh, the people judging to be able to see just how large it was. So I'm like, oh, let's just stand next to my car. That's a really big car, so. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. No, it's massive. And there's a whole bunch more pictures. You can you can check them out there. Where is the side-by-side? -side? Well, there's there's a lot of the, just the close-up picture. This one is really good, too. That's ridiculous. All the lighting and stuff effects are just being at TwitchCon. Yeah. You know, TwitchCon is is really neat. They, they do something similar to uh, BlizzCon, where they actually have a lot of atmospheric lighting set up. And so, uh, under that under that lighting environment, Lionheart looks honestly even better than it does in uh, in real life. So, like normally, yeah. Awesome. Just a side note, I guess, on that one. How long did it take you to build Lionheart? Just like so. That's that's a good <laughs> question. Uh, so TwitchCon 2016, we actually had only about two months to get everything assembled and submitted. What? Really? So yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a, a hustle to get everything done. And then after announcement of who was the finalists, we had an additional two week period to get stuff kind of buttoned up. Mm -hmm. But everything was supposed to be done by submission. I honestly was not nearly close enough to being done. I thought that they were just gonna be like, oh no. But I guess their uh, the submissions for Larger Than Life all had that same issue just because the time constraints were so tight that when they finally were were judging, I had one of the more completed costumes. But yeah, so two two and a half months approximately. Wow, that's wild. I you look at those huge costumes and you have no idea. And as we break down the show throughout this whole part, we'll eventually find out how that all works a little bit more. Uh, we'll go over to the sisters next. So who the heck are you? You can tell your story now to where the the name came from for the, everybody, or or I guess Data can because she's doing all the talking, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh boy. Um, it's actually from Skyrim, or Elder Scrolls, the Argonians, the lizard people. They would refer to each other in the game as egg brother, egg sister, or egg sibling. And oh. it's kind of like a joke that we had. And after we made our first big cosplay, we're like, oh, I guess we need to make a page and we need a name. And it just 
That's what we think. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, mind's blown, right? Pretty freaking exciting. So how long ago was that then? Because that's like, that gives away when you started doing cosplay then, I suppose. How long ago was that? Uh, 2014. We've done like small anime conventions, but I guess 2014 was the first year that we actually educated ourselves and watched all the Kamui videos and used... Went nuts, I guess. Yeah, we went plum crazy, if if you would be so bold. Yeah, uh, we made a Garuda from Final Fantasy for Final Fantasy Fantasy in Las Vegas. And we're used to like BlizzCon. We're like, all right, everyone at BlizzCon goes so insane. So we like did everything four wing stilts. And then we got there and Courtney's was the biggest one there. <laughs> it's just large. Yeah. But she did win. So there was, was cool. Everyone did a really great job in that contest. So I'm finding out later now that people were in that contest that, because back then we didn't know any other cosplayers. So now I'm kind of learning who everyone is, and it's cool because some other people I know were at that contest, and I'm like, what? You were there? That's crazy. But it was cool. Yeah, here's the Garuda right now, the, the, the key shot that you sent me that I have right here. So this is... You can't even see the whole thing in this shot. Are you on stilts or raised feet at the same time, too, with this whole thing? How does this all come together? Um, The stilts... I. It's a PVC pipe with a boot drilled into it, um, and then just one really thin, like uh, metal, like plate that supports the heel. But it's really just basically balancing on the balls of your feet on pipes. Oh. But it's like 14 inches tall <laughs> with four wings. But my legs were like kind of like shaking uh, when I was wearing it at certain times. But hey, you know what? It's cosplay, so <laughs> we always yeah. think about how to wear it last. <laughs> Oh, you make it, and then you figure out the the details later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, weird story. Um, when I at the contest was the first time I ever put it on, and I'm like, yeah, I can walk it down from the hotel to the contest prejudging, and I did, and I overheated so bad, like I was like this close to blacking out, and my friend had to take like a screwdriver to get the wings off each time, so she's struggling to get me out of it, so I could just sit down. Some nice guy in an orange shirt came over and just gave me water. Totally saved me. I don't know who that man is, but thank you. <laughs> that's my story. That's crazy. It's a huge, because that's a huge costume overall. Oh, there's a whole bunch of other pictures there too. You can watch. They have obviously all of their Facebooks that we're going to be posting here today or Instagrams have a ton of different pictures. And we'll be going over that later on, but you can look at all the, the sort of building blocks as it goes through. But those are wild. I'm sure I'll be saying that a lot during this show, <laughs> but that's that's awesome. So you started back, so that's also 2014. That's when you started everything. So I, I guess that's when Egg Sisters. Was oh, Egg Sisters started. Okay. When did you start cosplay then? We've always gone to like local anime conventions and done this very casual stuff for Halloween, but actually seriously doing big builds together. It didn't start till 2014, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And Little Sparks, your turn. Just who who the Hi. heck are you? And when did you get into cosplay? Uh, can you hear me okay? I had to mute myself for a minute there. No, you're I fine. Mute myself. Okay, cool. <laughs> I am Sparks from Little Sparks Cosplay, and I started in BlizzCon uh, 2014 was my first costume. And I am pretty much now known as Chromie. Everyone knows me for my Chromie costumes. I'm actually starting my third Chromie costume. Uh, and that's 
that's who I am. I am a streamer almost full time now, Monday through Friday on, on Twitch. And I make costumes. I once in a while will do a contest and that's pretty much my life. I <laughs> just make costumes and hang out with everybody. And I love it. People might recognize you more if I put this picture up on the screen. <laughs> this might be a little more, oh, that's who she is. If I put up your, your master chromie. <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is me. That's the costume that makes people the most happy when I wear it. So that's my favorite character to portray. Um, both Master Chromie and the classic Chromie from World of Warcraft, which was my first costume. So yeah, that's that's who I am. I'm the Chromie cosplayer. <laughs> yeah. And that's hang on, I gotta grab there's way too many pictures. Oh yeah, here's classic Chromie. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I mean, I have to because he's in chat right now. So there he is. There's the picture with you and Novel with the classic <laughs> Chromie. Yep. That's when that's when he and I met the first time and now he's best friend. So cosplay has has made amazing friendships not only with other cosplayers, but also with people that I was I used to fangirl over and because cosplay has helped me so much with being able to go and get up and talk to people that I normally wouldn't have. I got, you know, some of my closest friends now through cosplay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is, it's, it's too awesome. So I, I guess then the, the years between everyone. So Sparks, how long, how many years now do you think you've been dabbling in, in cosplay in total? I started in April of 2014 is when I started crafting my first costume. So almost four, th three and a half years. Okay. I think, I don't know. That It's math. I don't know. <laughs> Just trying to put like timelines on. Cause everyone always wonders like, oh, you've been doing this for so long. And actually, you know, three-ish to four years for you. Yeah. Uh, Dana, how long have you two been digging into cosplay now? Years wise, would you say? Like how long have you been building your own stuff then? About the same? Well, I guess 14, 2014 is when we started yeah. getting into the cosplay scene, but we've always been crafty and doing stuff, but we just buy stuff and modify it kind of deal, you know? Yeah. yeah when we were younger, we would buy parts and just change them up to make costumes. And then I guess 14 is when we actually started doing everything from scratch or trying to, but. And Hoku has a little bit different <laughs> background because. You've been fabricating and building for a while. So how many years would you say you've been putting into this this art style then, sir? <laughs> yeah, the, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I went to game design school, like school. Uh, so I learned 3D modeling and animation. And that's still like one of the major components in how I make stuff nowadays. So uh, I started doing game development school back in like 2005. Um, but... The actual using that and and making props was back more like uh, 2011 is when I really got started with everything. And then the two kind of all came back together and, and that's how I got started. Yeah, you have you actually have some of those pictures on your Facebook as well where you 3D modeled stuff for Uther recently, like the different parts and pieces that you you made. Yeah, these is this 3ds yep. Max or is this Maya or this ZBrush? Oh, ZBrush. Yeah, this okay. is all done in ZBrush. Dang. That's serious stuff. So you physically would make it in the digital space and then you would bring it actually to life from there directly. 
Yeah, so I have a, a life scan of my body that's proportionately accurate and dimensioned. So I just go through and make everything in digital space so it fits me properly. And then I will print it or CNC mill out uh, surfaces, that kind of process, assemble it all. And, and what's really nice about it is I can do a lot of the logistics planning virtually versus having to actually sit there and, and do it by hand and, and try and figure out all of the problems and solve that. So it's it's definitely a... For me, in the long term, it's a much more inexpensive process because I'm doing a lot of the R&D without spending any money. That's wild. These are all, and each 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 of you have your own way of, of building and creating. And as we dive, the second half of the show, we're going to talk about like very specific pieces of, of how it makes different parts of this. So, and that's why I want to bring up specializations now then, I guess. So this is like, we had to figure this out. So Hoku, back to you, you would, you say you, you specialize more in like fabrication of things and then like ornate armor right now. That's what you've been focusing on the last two builds specifically, yeah? Um, yeah, for, for my own projects, uh, I, I try to pick something that's going to be challenging for me. Uh, and, and so something like Lionheart, for example, like I loved the character and it was something that I was kind of uniquely, uniquely physically equipped to do. Mm. And then it also seemed like something that was going to be really challenging. Um, and then I also do stuff kind of like the, the Roll20 esports banner right here. I do a lot of fabrication like that. Oh my so. gosh, that couldn't be any louder. <laughs> <laughs> that could that wasn't be. me. Was that beer? That maybe, no, maybe was something. Yeah. Yeah. That's my grape soda. Oh, that's grape, what it is. Grape oh, soda. Yeah. In a in a cozy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. You gotta keep it cold. It's true. It's true. No one likes warm soda, so. Yeah, but uh, I, definitely, I definitely love the ornate uh, process or, or kind of design that can be done. That's definitely something that rings true to me. It's also difficult. It's really difficult to do, so. Yeah, I'm looking at your, I have the Uther picture pulled up right here right now. Armor definitely seems to be, and it's, it's still huge and cartoony to a degree. I don't know if it's, it's Sparks level, but then depends on the character <laughs> she plays. But it definitely fits and works too, because it's not like it's, it doesn't look like you're like a, a real life medieval soldier with at least the Uther stuff. So, that's you know, I've got the, uh, I'll send you the designs real quick in the Discord if you want. For like oh, the, the, the design stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking because I have so many pictures and things over here. I'll be thumbing through them the entire show. But the, well, the flips. So oh, go ahead. The, the design of Uther was done by Zach Fisher, who, who does a considerable amount of concept design work for other cosplayers now and so that uther design is is very much a custom design it, it's you couldn't call it canon but it's i feel like that's what it would be if it was right here i'm putting that in chat right now yeah the the, the flip side of that and while i'm not picking on sparks but to show you her recent cosplay her her it's the tribal kingdoms is that what it was no ancient mystic, mystic, kingdoms. mystic kingdoms aren't this <laughs> So there's a bit difference in, in your armor versus what Hoku makes. I'm just going to, you know, just maybe. There are more pictures, of course, of this on your, your Instagram or your Facebook where you have them, like, testing and, like, mounting these gigantic shoulders. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Spark would be known for. What would, you, what would you say this specialization would be with you, Spark? Um... I specialize in foam armor, um, EVA foam, and I also specialize in keeping that cartoony, 
pulled straight from the game uh, style. I, I focus a lot on that in my paint jobs as well. So I do a lot of artificial highlights and shadows. So not only do you get the highlights and shadows from it being a three-dimensional object, but I intensify them with my paint job. And that's what gives it that looks like it's still in the video game look. Um, yeah. And it's just something that I really have come to love. It's a little bit harder to do on something like Chromie where the the armor is metallic, but um, I definitely was able to dive into that really heavily with the Arthas costume. It was, um, the colors just worked really well. I decided to make all the gray parts like stone. So I was able to really focus on those uh, crazy highlights and shadows and and the cartoony look and i just love keeping everything over proportioned um and i spend a lot of time with proportions uh to, depending on the character making sure things fit me because i'm very short uh which is great for chromie um so and when i do something like chromie i try to make things even bigger so that i look smaller oh, so okay. when i did something like arthas i had to kind of dial it back a little but still keep those giant blizzard proportions but also make it so i didn't look like a gnome which is very hard when you're only like five foot two so um it takes a lot of uh trial and error getting those sizes right it's actually a little bit under proportioned as to what like when i did the calculations on according to my size if i had gone exactly with the proportions that Arthur himself in the video game has. It wanted me to make my shoulders 20 inches wide, oh, which gosh. was way too big. So I actually had to dial that back a little bit. I, did, I ended up, I think they're like 14 inches um, from the inner edge to the outer edge of the shoulder. So sometimes I have to play around with it a little bit to make sure that it's not like <laughs> stupid crazy. But uh, yeah, the... The big shoulders from Warcraft are one of my favorite things in in the whole world. So I just, I love that crazy cartoony big armor. So it's, I'm actually kind of stepping away from that for this coming BlizzCon. Um, I want to get into some different materials that I haven't spent a ton of time with since I've done two very large heavy armor, foam armor sets the past two BlizzCons. I'm I'm going to be switching up a little. I'll have some foam stuff that I can do with it, but I'm adding a lot more fur, fabric, things like that. Uh, some different resin casting techniques that I haven't used before. Ooh. So it should be fun. And then to follow both of you up, uh, I'm just going to put this picture on screen for the Egg Sisters. So you do, um, <clears throat> who, who quoted this yesterday for me in the notes? <laughs> Is it very bizarre words? I it was crazy, the creaturey type non-human. Yeah. Yes. I'm putting the bloodborne <laughs> photo up, like the key bloodborne photo. So good. So yeah, you do creaturey non-humany stuff is what you were you said. So Yeah, and this this photo was by Infinity Spiral Photography. I have to call him out. He did <laughs> such a good job taking a picture of that. It's beautiful. It snuck into a cemetery. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We like, we really like special effects and like monster movie kind of things. So we kind of pick stuff like that that we can learn more special effects. Like makeup we tried and we're looking into maybe making some kind of monster suit next. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. 
but wait, yep. you're looking into making a monster suit when you just got <laughs> back. Is the, did you give me a key picture of your necromancer? No, so we have this one of it on the chopping block. So, <laughs> yeah, making a monster, literally <laughs> wearing hearts and skulls. Okay, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> I mean, where do you, where do you go where do you go from that? And this isn't even the picture. Where is the uh we're kinda skip I wanna skip ahead to this because look I gotta show the video. The hearts and, like animatronic they like pulsated, they beat on your shoulders. What the okay. <laughs> so where do you go from that? What monster suit would you make? What what do you what are you thinking? Not, we're not sure yet, but like, we've made bits and pieces, you know, masks, and I guess the closest to a, a beast costume was Amelia. Yeah, I mean, we, we've done stilts, um, and that one, you know, I had a big, you know, monster mask on, like, mounted on a helmet on the top of my head. But we kind of want to do something um, that has, like, maybe more mobility, and it would either be, again, we have to pick a character first. Kind of have things we just want to try, and we like find a character that fits what we want to do. Um, I know a lot of you guys, other cosplayers, do the same thing. You know, you pick a character that... Uh, meets the challenges that you want to commit to that year. So for us, I guess, as far as a creature suit goes, I think we're excited to either try like more of like a full body prosthetic, multi-piece mm. prosthetic, or um, more of a monster suit as far as like kind of like, like appendages. It's like a little bit bigger, not a Reinhardt, but maybe like things that just look not like a human body. You know, there's ways you can make your body not look human. <laughs> yeah. I haven't figured it out yet, but yeah. those, those, something in that direction is kind of what we want to do. You know, like, like a muscle, muscle suit. Or like the or... raptor suits from Jurassic yes. Park, you yes. know, like oh. something like that. Um, so something like that. I don't know. That sounds awesome. I keep, think, I keep thinking like there's, there was this thing where all these people had these dinosaur suits. There was that Walking with Dinosaur show. Yeah. And then people had like T-Rex or raptor suits that they would walk around in. Something like that would be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. That would be, with with a few things, and you guys, I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to show off all of the pictures that we even have on any of their social media, so please, I mean, throughout the show or after this, go check them out. They'll all be linked down below on YouTube, of course, but there's there's way too many, like, oh, they made that, or oh, that that's real? Like, they exist, and they, they in it? And so where do you go from here? And that's the fun part, I watching and following... The, uh, the cosplay scene evolve is is what you build and what you can actually overcome to create in real life because obviously when these game designers or anime shows or mangas or whatever like video games get created those are all just fake and the developers make them the designers make them like they don't think they'll actually make this and then Hoku walks up in like a seven foot tall Reinhardt costume in real life where he was actually head that his head is where it is in the suit right like that's pfft. It's eight foot, by the way. Oh, oh, sorry. It's eight foot. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. Eight Whoa. feet tall. <laughs> sorry. So there's a lot of really amazing, just challenges. Oh yeah, here's like there's a the BTS shot of, of Amelia getting, against that that awesome door. Let's put like the scope of how how big that was. That's great. But yeah, I see what you mean, though. Like, even that is still, like, humanoid-looking. So doing something that isn't humanoid-looking, that would be a challenge. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. Yes. So, follow-up questions for all of this portion. I'll just go right back to, to Dana and Courtney real quick. Do you both pick a cosplay that you want to make together? Or does one of you prefer being, like, 
the more creaturey one and one of you prefers being the more humany one as you've done right now like who gets to do what do you flip a coin or is it just like a how does that work out which one of you wants to be the gross monstery one more i guess uh I don't know. It, it, this kind of falls into place depending on what character it is or who suggested the character. Like Reinhardt was a character that Courtney really loved. And so obviously she was going to be in there. Um, I really wanted the undead because that was my character in WoW and I wanted to make that. But I would say probably the more difficult to wear costumes would probably be Courtney. <laughs> uh, I think every cosplayer has just a little bit of masochism in them. I think it's just <laughs> sacrifices must be made. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't hurt, it's not good yeah. enough. The necromancer was really hot and heavy, but nothing compared to the the foam prison of Reinhardt. So the foam prison. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> I get it. Yep. <laughs> Been there. Yep. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, there's no set thing. It just kind of works out. Yeah, we so. never fight over anything, so Okay. I, I didn't know. I want to was... be in the uncomfortable costume. No, I want to be. It's my turn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Has Dana ever worn Reinhardt? I've tried to get her to do it. She won't do it. Oh. <laughs> I got if, Sammy. If, in, it probably wouldn't. Seriously. I don't. Think, I don't know if I survive. It probably crush me. Looks <laughs> like I gotta find this picture now. Okay. And then Sparks, how about for you? Is there one cosplay that you can't wait to put together as you're you're growing and, and learning in different parts of like what you like to build and create or what you're testing? Is there something out there on the horizon that you just can't wait to I guess in, in Courtney's words, to strap yourself into and just like hurt yourself or something? <laughs> I've already done so much hurting myself. I'm actually kind of taking a step backwards as oh, far okay. as like I, I feel like every year I like going like bigger or more uncomfortable in some way <laughs> um this year Sorry, this, saw the picture. oh my gosh this year i ended up um trying to choose based on like materials that i haven't used and i my 2018 plan 2018 plans right now are to do uh, a malfurion skin from heroes of the storm it's oh. ice store mantle malfurion as a gender bend so it has a lot of fur elements and fabric elements and i will get to do some of my foam work and i and once again just like with my scenarius i'm gonna have giant antlers and they're gonna be even more giant than scenarius it seems like i always choose something like ridiculously painful to put on my head whether it be antlers giant chromie buns something like that i always have a headache at blizzcon um but I think the most painful was definitely Scenarius. And it was mainly the hoof shoes that I had to wear with that costume. I had made, bless you, grass. Um, I had made these like six inch platform hooves that were basically me standing on my very, very tippy toes. Mm. Um, and it was just really painful pulling a 20 pound deer butt around all day for 12 hours <laughs> you don't say while walking, on, <laughs> while walking on my tippy toes so i did end up like breaking all of the blood vessels under my toenails and stuff and oh, no. 
Uh, it was, I, it took like three days to get the feeling back in my feed. <laughs> so I, I want to make another deer butt because I've gotten a lot of uh, questions about how I made it and people want tutorials on how to make a centaur body that where the back legs actually walk like mine do with like, I have a pulley system inside the body that is how the back legs moved when I walked. Um, so yeah, it's, there's things like that that I keep telling myself I'll never do again, but then I keep getting drawn to like, oh, I want to make Lunara because I want to be a centaur again and she's really pretty. And, but then everyone's always like, do you not remember the deer butt? Like, <laughs> you, always, you always forget the horrible times. You're like, yeah, that was great. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Mm. And it's been, it's been a few years now since I made scenarios and it. So I'm starting to forget <laughs> the level of pain I was in, but, um, I did uh, have some pain with Chromie. Master Chromie's wig is pretty damn heavy. It's I think it's like six pounds. <laughs> so having that on your head all day, pulling back on your head and your hairline with clips and bobby pins and stuff, it it gets pretty heavy. And uh, even Arthas's wig has a giant ponytail that has this. I made like an understructure to keep the ponytail up high, mm. and and it was digging into my head in like the front all blizzcon this year i had a headache and <laughs> so but this year i was like oh well let's do malfurion and make huge antlers this time and so i'm just i'm going to try to plan for it and make sure i don't hurt myself too badly <laughs> but i i'm going to be hopefully a bit more comfortable overall because i won't have huge foam armor strapped to me this year uh his armor is a bit more mellow um it's more okay. organic and there's a lot of little details while i'm gonna be learning how to cold cast so i'm really excited for that it's basically making a fake metal object it's a way to to make something look like it's metal without actually like melting aluminum or right. steel or or blacksmithing or something like that it's um it's something i've wanted to learn so i'm really excited to actually go and learn how to do that so this breathe, this sort of <laughs> brings so to, to Hoku on the final bit of this is that has there been one piece of cosplay to date so far either for your, for yourself or a recent project or in the fabrication process you've been doing that has been the most challenging part to build or be a part of building and like what was what was that it could be like one individual piece or whatever that you remember just be like this is ah. Uh, so the arms on Lionheart were were really really intricately designed. We, if you look at most larger than life costumes, the arms don't actually hinge uh, for the elbows. They just kind of are, are very Frankenstein-y. and so I actually wanted them to be completely uh, free motion, kind of you know like this. Um, and so we actually ended up making this large scale puppeteer system. So I've got five. My my arms in Lionheart are about five feet at extension. Um, and then we had to counterweight a bunch of that stuff. Um, well, we used pulleys actually to kind of uh, tension the arms back. Um, oh wow, yeah. But essentially, I wanted to reach that that pose that Reinhardt does, where he like is just like, oh yeah, right. Uh, and so that's that was probably the most difficult thing is designing that whole process. And so it was all CAD designed. We did a bunch of uh, stress testing and 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 whatnot. Yeah. So it's there's a, a good example of how they can kind of break and stretch out. Um, yeah, that was probably the, the worst 
the worst thing. And then just the weight. Honestly, that's the big problem with Reinhardt is just trying to do something that big and keep the weight in a, in a manageable level. That whole costume probably weighs about, I want to say, like, 40 pounds without the boots. I don't include the boots because the boots kind of just sit there on their own. But me, I have to hold 40 pounds on my shoulders, essentially, for however long. And I've worn that costume for, like, six hours before, so, Yeah. That's wild. Are you are you holding like the pulley systems uh, to go back to the cameras like in your hands? You can make you can make the fingers move too, right? Couldn't you? Uh, we actually had a movable finger system in place, and then we got rid of it because it it just didn't work as well as we wanted. And then so what I ended up doing is I made it so the hands are a little bit the fingers kind of freely open and closed based off of okay. the direction that the hand moves. Because not only does the arm move, but the entire wrist can rotate. The shoulders got, you know, there's like five different joint systems throughout the whole thing. And so if I rotate the wrist around, the hands open. And if I rotate the wrist this way, the hands would kind of close. And so I kind of learned how to, to, to gesture and puppeteer and get the hands to kind of mimic natural motion. And that's, that's something to keep in mind with cosplay in general is so much of it has to do with just going through the character and learning how to act in the costume. And that's that's a lot of the planning stage that, that people don't necessarily have the time to do is by the time they're wearing the costume, you know, half the time we haven't worn it, so we don't even really know how to move around in it. And this is something that affects uh, people really heavily in judging is, uh, so case in point, TwitchCon this year, one of, the, one of the things that really affected a few people was their mobility. Oh. And uh, that's because the time constraints on building the costumes are so tight that by the time they get there, they're not actually able to move around very well. And so that's that's one of the things I can't stress uh, as a prop maker as well as a cosplayer is invest a lot of your time in the design stage of things and how you're going to move in the costume, how you're going to wear it, how, you're, how it's going to fit on you and all that. And then that's going to open up a lot of doors as far as like being able to actually wear the costume. Uh, when I make a costume, I want to wear it for, for the day, not, not for an hour. And it, it really pains me when I see people that can only be in a costume for about an hour because it's so painful to wear. Hmm. That's yeah, I brought up tangent-y. No, you're, you're <laughs> fine. I brought up the picture of the two of you and your Reinhardts, the Egg Sisters and, well, I guess it's, it's Courtney and you, right? Next to each other. This yeah. is the, so do you, did you? There was, was there any back and forth on, on how these were both made uh, and how different that was? I don't know, Dana, Courtney, what did you do to make your Reinhardt? Because these are both larger than life, like standing in stilts, huge arm mechanism madness going on. Like, what, what, what was the difference with the, what did you get tackle with yours? We like to call ours the, the caveman version <laughs> because we didn't have a lot of high tech stuff going on. Um, it was our first big build, our first time using a ton of foam. So ours is very simply made inside. It's it's a lot of PVC structure um, just sitting on my shoulders. And we did make the fingers move with like, again, caveman style with just like fishing line and little key rings and squeezing. Um, our mm -hmm. shoulder, our elbows did not bend. Um, so, and, and I didn't, I don't know, like I think it was, it wasn't like a, anything to aid in lifting really heavy arms. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just like Hoku said, like the first time I wore it, like I was like this in it, like I was like, oh god, I can't do anything. And like you have to exaggerate your movements like ten million times for anyone to see anything. So like by the end of it, I was just like flailing around, like and inside I'm going nuts, but outside it just looks like this. 
But um, <laughs> so it was certainly a learning experience. But ours, ours was very simply made. Um, it was the first time, kind of new thing, uh, new materials. But right, that's cool. It, you know, the mobility certainly is something that we would like to improve on, and it would have been cool to talk to Hoku in advance. Um, you know, we were still getting to know Hoku then, so. If we ever did a new build, I think we would definitely inquire with him for sure. You know, we have a, you posted another picture that had me with a grief heart. Yeah. And, and that's our, this, both of our friends, uh, Davey did that costume. And I, I want to say he cheats because he's like six foot three or four. <laughs> and so he's got such an easier time in his costume and it's not fair, man. <laughs> okay. I'm done. No. <laughs> That is all. Wait, are you like five four? <laughs> yeah. Courtney's five four and then uh Blackheart's five, seven and yeah, yeah, it's seven and a half for Blackheart, but <sighs> Yeah, I don't because there's there's a here's another working in progress picture that Hoku gave me of him standing in this this massive thing. Look at this chat. Like look at <laughs> Oh, this this one's awesome. This is ridiculous. This just I mean, your little your little arms flailing out of the side <laughs> so in like the chest cavity, basically. So yeah. bone prison. Yeah, that's awesome. I gotta say though, um, on the right sort of floor environment, uh, so anything that's not super smooth. So like, it's really scary to walk on like tile and polished concrete. But on Ooh. like, on like uh, anything that's kind of rubbery or anything that's like carpeted or even just like concrete. I can get like three to four foot steps in that costume and I just book it. My, my girlfriend kind of just like runs after me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've actually, I've, I walked, I walked throughout most of BlizzCon in that costume uh, oh. last year after the Weird Al. I actually walked through the concert because they had, all of us actually were part of Weird Al's closing ceremony. We, we were, we were the cosplayers and I know the Reinhardts were like the bouncers. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> But then I went and walked through the crowd and just kind of like crowd surfed. My hands were like five feet in every direction, and everyone's jumping up and like high fiving me, and the hands are just like falling apart. It was, it was pretty amazing. You have a picture of of Weird Al actually holding your hammer and the Egg Sisters helmet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we forgot that. <laughs> looks good together though. Yeah, it looks great. Yep, that's really really awesome. So we've kind of gone over, and this is sort of a, we'll smoosh this topic together a bit, I guess, just for time. I had this very back and forth with, with all, all four of you yesterday making the BTS podcast stuff about, like, the fun and the art and the, the passion to create what you're, what you're building versus sort of the business and the job side of things. And to, to all of you, it's different. And then to almost every other cosplayer as, as well, it's, there's a different avenue for that. Because where does cosplay become modeling? And when do you get, like, paid to be brought to conventions for either content or just to be there for, like, atmosphere? So where do you think... I don't know who wants to helm this first. Maybe I'll throw it back to Hoku first because you've been on sort of both sides of the fence now about, like, the building side or the actual being the cosplayer side. So where's the transition you think happened between the art and fun meets the business? And how do you balance that? Um, I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for myself. Uh, you know, I started this whole thing as a business. This wasn't, this wasn't really uh, fun. You know, I, I, work, I work primarily as what is called an industrial artist. So I have a lot of 
other artists come to me and ask me to fabricate things for them, whether or not that's a banner or that's a sculptural project or it's a costume or it's a wooden sign. It's, it's really just anything. I'm, I'm very good when it comes to working with materials and, and how to combine them for the, the end result. Um, and so it was that experience that kind of enabled me to do some more of these intricate costume designs, which took notice pretty quickly. And then I started getting approached like, hey, you know, can you make this? Hey, can you make this? Hey, can you make this? And so for me, the big transition has to do with just at one point, you're spending so much time uh, working on costumes and not anything else that it's like, well, if I'm investing this amount of time in something, I'm probably not going to be making much money doing anything else because all mm. of my extra time is invested on that. And then that's when you kind of are put in the position, especially when you're, you know, I think all of us here are in this unique position right now where people are really starting to take notice of what we're doing and they're encouraging us to grow and they're encouraging us to, to just keep, keep the direction that we're going. Um, we're, we're positioned now to actually be successful in what we're doing. And that's always the hard part is gaining that positioning. Um, and so that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm at the point now it's like, okay, uh, I want to start doing more video tutorials and helping people out. You know, it's, I have this philosophy that, uh, I, I teach, by the way, I teach what I do at a vocational school. So through that teaching process, I've learned that the, by spreading the knowledge that I've got and garnered over the years, uh, people are going to go out and experiment with those techniques that they teach them. And eventually at one point, there's a uh, quite a few of them that come back to me and they say, Hey, you know, I used this thing that you taught me mm. and I, I figured this out and I, I figured out this, this kind of cool, cool thing to add onto what you taught me. And so what that's done is that gives me the, the ability to learn from them. And there's, there's kind of this exponential growth that happens and it's this really amazing, really beautiful thing that happens. And I think, like I said earlier, that's something that we're all kind of experiencing and, and trying to, to really foster in the cosplay community. Deep. Yeah, right, there it is. We got we got we got kind of real there for a minute. I was that was yeah Sorry. that was well. I, I, I guess... don't know how any of us follow up on that. That's what I was saying. Chad's <laughs> too well spoken. Get out of here with your good speaking. <laughs> with your good speaking. I'm all nervous, yeah. embarrassed, and out. Yeah. We're just like words. And go put my <laughs> wig on and let it fall off in front of everyone again. <laughs> yeah. As far as professionally, Courtney and I just do it as a hobby at the moment. We both have full-time jobs and we spend all of our free time and weekends doing it together. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if something were to work out that we could actually make money or at least break even on what we do, but we haven't figured that out yet. It's like a fine line. If you start doing it as a job, is it fun anymore? So, but we do need to figure out something that is still sustainable because right now it's just a big money pit. It's, it's a really good creative outlet for non-creative jobs or not super creative jobs. Um, you know, it's just weird artists growing up when we were younger and we kind of lost touch with that. And then we found cosplay and it was really awesome and exciting again. And we're just obviously loving learning all these new materials and creating things again um, even if we can't do it like eight hours a day you have to squeeze it on in the evenings and the weekends it's still awesome we love it super passionate about it um money thing is still still figuring it out it's a journey so right. um 
maybe eventually we'll start, you know, selling some, we have started selling some of our, our masks and things like that. So we're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I, I kind of do, I started it completely for fun. Um, I never had the intention any money whatsoever. Um, I never thought I would even get honorable mention at BlizzCon. Like none of, I never thought I'd make a penny off of cosplay when I started. Um, I am in an unusual situation. Most people do not have the opportunity that I do where I'm basically a housewife. I stay home with my like 11 animals and <laughs> take care of them. And so I don't have a nine to five job. So I've kind of taken cosplay on as a nine to five job. Um, Monday through Friday, I stream and I teach on Twitch uh, my, my techniques and hang out with everybody while I make costumes. And because of Twitch and because of taking it on full time, I have gained I, some people giving me donations and the cheering and subs. Um, and then I decided after getting honorable mention a couple times at BlizzCon, uh, that maybe contests were something that I could start doing here and there and entered BlizzCon for the third time and ended up getting, I placed fourth at BlizzCon this year. And that was after competing at TwitchCon where I also won best armor. So I'm realizing now that if I am gonna spend six months of my life making something, yeah. um, taking it to different events and doing a few contests with that costume, I can help get back some of what I put into the costume. Mm. Um, so I'm not being a drain on my fiance <laughs> by, you know, having him pay for all my materials and not giving back anything. So, um, so I, I've been competing recently. I'm pretty much done competing for the year. I probably won't compete again until next BlizzCon, but I did do three contests this year. And yeah. um, that, that definitely helps um, getting a little bit of prize money is helpful, but you can make an amazing costume and not place. So it's always a gamble. It's like you, you're going to put the money into it because you are doing it. But if you want to try and put yourself in a contest, you might be able to get a little bit of that money back. And, that, and that's really helpful. But doing it full time now as a as a Twitch streamer has definitely helped. Um, I have Dream Genie Chromie here. There's my, my wig that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. um, was actually a subvote cosplay. So I had a small donation pool. I decided I would do a budget cosplay after BlizzCon and I set the donation pool for that amount. I had my awesome followers and viewers over on Twitch donate money until we hit that goal. And then they got to vote on a list that I had of cosplays that I wanted to do, but it's hard to just start a costume like for no reason and have to put money into it. So they chose Dream Genie Chromie. And so now I get to make that costume and it's fully funded by people who enjoy hanging out with Twitch and learning from me. And so it's it's kind of like a job, but still really fun. And I I don't take commissions because I'm extremely slow. Um, even though I do craft <laughs> every single day, it takes me forever to make anything. So I'd have to charge like so much money to be able to like make commissions. I'm just, I'm so slow. I think because I'm OCD and I have, I have to be like super tedious with stuff. It's really, um, it's really hard to, uh, 
to part with those things after yeah. I've spent so much time on them. Like I, I call myself a selfish cosplayer because if I'm going to spend all that time, I'm keeping it. I want to wear it myself. It's like, I don't want to sell it or give it to somebody else, <laughs> but there, there is uh, lots of ways to, um, to make a little bit of money to help you be able to continue to do it. Especially like Hoku said, after you have gotten the hang of promoting yourself a little bit, you've gotten a little oh. bit of recognition, maybe through a contest or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's it a little bit easier to uh, get that little bit of money through streaming or maybe selling prints because you have a, a little bit of a follower base who might be interested in buying that kind of stuff. So there's there's lots of ways to help help there's... be the monetary kick in the butt <laughs> that you get when you make a big costume. Yeah, between between the the four of you and the three different like sides of how this comes together it's interesting to hear three totally different not business approaches but how you how you deal with and how you approach that sort of thing because everyone is doing this in a different way i'm sure not everyone's doing the same way so no, that's awesome to hear about for sure there was a bit of that at the tail end that I think Hoku said this best when we were talking about it yesterday. That sort of is like this unspoken rule with contests right now, though, and everything. That I don't know if you wanted to like PSA your fellow cosplay nerds that are out there in the future and about this. And the Exes have a great response to that too, about like you build your costume and you take it somewhere, and then you're not supposed to take it anywhere else, which doesn't make any sense to me. But I'm on the outside, so I have, I have no idea how that's supposed to react. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that you're not supposed to take it anywhere else. You're not supposed to compete. Right. Uh, okay. That's what some people just say. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll start it off. So, you know, I've I've been a competitor and I've been a judge. And what I will say mm. is I think that it is up to the, 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 the convention to determine what the policy is about that. So case in point at TwitchCon, they have it stated very clearly that you cannot have made a costume and competed and won in that costume at another event. If you have won in that costume, you are not eligible, okay? They make it very clear and very easy for people to understand that. Uh, if another convention doesn't state that, then it's not really people's decisions to, to determine what the policy is that. Now, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be upset about it if you show up in a costume you've won in before, but no offense, that's not really your choice or your decision. You can frown on it yeah. all you want, but once again, that's really up to the convention to to determine what that is. I know my personal perspective is is uh, you know after TwitchCon when I won with Lionheart, I could have competed in Lionheart again. Quite frankly, I didn't. I wanted other people to win. I wanted other people to enjoy and feel the same way that I was feeling. And that was you know I never thought I was going to win in Lionheart for starters. I thought that my my only plan going into TwitchCon that the day of before we competed was like i just want to walk successfully and not fall and kill myself <laughs> right. and make a fool out of myself on stage right and like we did that until they actually announced me as the winner and then my costume you know had a function and my my shoulder fell off but it's like i said it's it's really up to people to enjoy what they're doing it is cosplay it is meant to be fun um, and that's really what it boils down to when people are getting all like drama bomb and, and annoying about that kind of stuff. It's, it yeah. just fouls the entire community. Mm. And no one wants that. That's super unfortunate. Nope. So 
that makes sense. Did either of you have anything else to add to that? I think before we we move on, I want to get into like how you, you do all this and, and break this stuff down in the day in the life of the cosplay artist. So I don't want to dwell on this topic too long. No, but... we agree with, with Hoku. I mean, it, it, even Sparks reached out to us about competing twice and we're like, go for it. Like, it's just, if you, you want... Spend all this time making it yeah. and you have a chance to actually maybe make some money or take the edge off of how much you spent on it. You spent a whole freaking year making it, you know? Yeah. You can't just do one and done. People are always going to be upset about whoever wins. That's just how it is. And that's okay. I mean, uh, I think it's, it's good to try and check yourself and just be happy for the people that won. I think the cosplay community is pretty friendly and we care about each other. And it's, I think it's best to just, you know, be happy for the person that won. And there's always next year. Just keep trying. Yeah, and like I, I was very concerned because I know that people um, do have those opinions. They, a lot of people don't like if you compete in the costume that you had won a prize in. Um, some people are more specific, like if you win the grand prize at something, you should retire the costume and not compete. But if you've got fourth place, then it's okay. Like some people are like mm. people just want to have their opinions and things like that. Um, I made Arthas for BlizzCon. It, that was the purpose of that costume. Right. Um, yeah. And I was not planning on going to TwitchCon. It wasn't something I had in my schedule for a year. I was planning on streaming all of the the progress on Twitch. And when Hoku saw that I was doing that anyway, he was like, why aren't you entering TwitchCon? And, you know, I, I thought about <laughs> it and thought about it and thought about it for a long time. I, was like, I have this... Um, I love revealing things at BlizzCon. Um, I... I was afraid that if people saw it at TwitchCon, they wouldn't be as excited to see it at BlizzCon. Mm. Um, but after some time and and realizing that TwitchCon does help pay for you to go if you get accepted, mm. so it wasn't going to be like a crap ton of money out of my pocket just to go to this convention that I normally wouldn't have attended anyway, um, I decided to go. And TwitchCon does have a like Hoku mentioned, BlizzCon does not have that rule. Their rule is that you can't have competed at BlizzCon in that costume. You can compete at another contest just fine. So if I had done the two in reverse, it would have been a different story. I wouldn't have been eligible to do TwitchCon if I had won at BlizzCon first. I see, okay. So um, BlizzCon doesn't have the same rule, so I was fine to do both of those contests. But after BlizzCon, because um, I got, I won the armor category at TwitchCon, which, you know, it's always a gamble when you enter a contest. You can't expect to win. The judges are different in every contest. The judges look for different things. They, you know, they might specialize in different things. They might, you know, I might have a crazy pro foam armor sculptor as a judge at a contest who looks at my stuff and goes oh i you know they did this wrong and then this should have been cleaner and you know all these things because they they know about that material so well but um and so they might knock points off because they see things that judges at another contest didn't see hmm. so um like the the judging between twitchcon and blizzcon is extremely different twitchcon hoku and uh, uh vert vixen and the other judges were extremely thorough because there was only 20 contestants. So they had a oh, little wow. bit of extra time. Um, 
Vert Vixen was literally on the floor crawling around examining like my sword and <laughs> shoes. Like they were flipping hems. They were poking things. Like oh, wow. it, it was very, very different than what I was ever used to because um, I had only competed at BlizzCon and then at a local convention here in Arizona. And um, so I was not I was not expecting that. But they saw my costume for what it was 100% up close in your face type of judging and they appreciated the work I put into it and so I got the armor win there and then I took it over to BlizzCon where they do walk around your costume and they might you know ask to hold your prop or they might want to like touch something just to, because they're curious but they're not quite as technical like flipping hems and and things like that um so and hmm. I had always been completely you know, flabbergasted to get honorable mention at BlizzCon twice. And I never in a bazillion years would have thought I ever would place at BlizzCon. Um, I knew Arthas was a good costume because I won at TwitchCon. Like, I was like, oh, okay, this, I guess it's better than I thought it was because mm -hmm. I got an award. Uh, so when I showed up at BlizzCon, I was not expecting to place, um, or anything. It's always a surprise. You're up against 99 other people at BlizzCon, so your chances aren't, you know, they're, it's pretty, <laughs> you have a pretty small chance to There's actually of... place there. There's so much talent. It's incredible every year. Yeah. It just gets better and better. And so I, I didn't know I was going to place again, but I wasn't going to give up the opportunity to walk the stage either. Cause this year they also didn't have a walker list. Um, where you could just walk the stage just to show off your costume and not be judged. They got rid of that this year at BlizzCon. So if you wanted to be on stage, you had to be judged. And so I'm not going to give up the opportunity to walk the stage at BlizzCon because people are upset because I already won a prize at another convention and it's not against the rules. So I went and I did it. And um, and then just yesterday, I very, very last minute um, yeah, yeah, yeah. got a message from somebody um, who was like, oh, there's this cosplay contest going on at a, a casino resort at an esports event right near you, like 20 minutes from my house, and you should go and enter the contest. They need more people. Because it's, it's really an event to promote esports, and they want uh, people to uh, start attending this event that's a monthly event, and they're going to be doing like the play contest every couple of months and stuff. So it's not like a one-time deal. It's not a big convention. It's just a very small I think there were 20 contestants or 25 contestants. Um, so nothing huge, but it was sponsored by Red Bull um, and stuff. So there was like a little bit of hype around it locally. And I was like, well, I kind of feel really weird going to another contest with a costume that I've already won two prizes in. And of course, you know, I'm asking my friends, I'm like, should I do this? I don't know. Are people going to hate me because I'm entering again? And, and they're like, just do it. Like, if people are going to be upset because you're winning these contests, then they need to work on making a better costume and beat you. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's <laughs> what they have. Yeah. You know, if, they're, yeah. if they're upset about it, then they need to work harder and beat you. So I... I went and I was actually very um, surprised, uh, relieved, I guess is a better word, that uh, a lot of the, the contestants I have known through local cosplay events here and they um, they had won uh, either at, they placed at Phoenix Comic Con or they won at D23 in Anaheim, the Disney Expo, um, oh, wow. or or, or things like that, and they were there. They were competing again in those costumes that they had won awards in before. And I 
I aired my concerns to them and said, you know, I, I felt like a jerk coming because I've already won a couple prizes in this. I didn't know, you know, how people would feel. They're like, it that costume's awesome. You deserve to have people see it. You deserve to win things for it because it's really well made. And you spent 560 hours carving foam and you should get oh. something for that. Wait, wait, <laughs> so, how many? <laughs> Yeah. How many hours? It was 560 hours on that costume, and be because I streamed it on Twitch, I actually have it, I had it, like, all recorded, and I added oh, up all right, my stream right, 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 times right. and yeah. stuff, so I actually have a pretty accurate count of how long it took. Uh, I worked on it for four and a half months, I think, and so it was, it was like a full-time thing, working on that costume for those yeah, four and a half months. It seems like there's just a weird realm that everyone sort of has to just agree or disagree on certain parts of it but as long as you're not being malicious about it i don't think anyone's going to get in trouble and it really comes down to a con by con contest by contest basis it sounds like for sure but yeah i think i think we're good i want to start talking about because you you're leading me in it's like you see the show notes you're leading me into these i want to talk about numbers and metrics with what you guys have put together so we have a little bit of that here and there but i think i think we're all set so I'm going to move us along. Let's like push the train forward. So, so I'm going to say thank you again to everyone that keeps the show rolling. Of course, if you haven't seen the past episodes or you've missed part of this one or any of the previous episodes, of course, they all go up on the YouTube channel. That is sort of a repository for just like a, put everything right there. It all just gets archived and plopped right down there. So if you missed the the BlizzCon special, the post or the pre one or any of the coverage I did at BlizzCon for the normal the fair of the show, or of course my trip to Gamescom recently, or any of the past shows, you can go check those out on YouTube. You can also listen to the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And there might be one or two more eventually in the works right now, so if you want to listen to the audio-only versions. And again, the BTS podcast for this show is going up today. Like After the show is done, it'll pop up on, on Patreon. So another big shout-out, of course, to Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, Screws Loose, and Mia for your continued support on the show in that regard. If you want the BTS podcast or the show notes, you can go check those out at the show's Patreon page down below the stream. We're also really close to unlocking the Molten Store where you get a ton of free stuff. And my manager Zillions and I have done a huge rework that'll be launching probably within the next week to Patreon in total, which has some physical things from me. Or if you want physical things from the show, there's also the artists that I've worked with that have made official apparel for Final Boss TV either from the world first shows or my face all over an entire print. This is a all over print of my new key art. If you want my face all over your body, <clears throat> that's up to you. I, I, you know, no, no, no kink shaming, but you can go check those out. These are all by different artists that I've worked with. I'm wearing the new Epic medallion right now, but the support for this kind of stuff makes me able to keep working with other artists in our little realm of the world to keep putting these together with the Fabulina shirts and everything else, the Tutron's art, those are all right down below. So again, thank you for the support for the show, keeping it going. Future shows coming up right now, we have coming up a wishy-washy week of a few shows because of the holiday times coming up. Like, a, there won't be a Christmas show or a New Year's show, most likely there'll be like a stream and, and things like that. But there'll be like an end-of-year special like I normally do, and then there'll be a solo show with me, and then I have a couple more community ones that are coming up 
And then those that are wondering about the recap shows, I want to do like Mage, Warlock, Hunter, and uh, Rogue. Maybe a few others, maybe a tank or healer one for World of Warcraft, you know, the main main focus of the show normally. But those are not until 2018, most likely. Most likely. But again, follow the show on Twitter, right down below, Final Boss TV, for all those updates as we put them together. So I want to start right off the bat on the second half here, and I want to... There are resources out there that I'm sure that you all dive into. Is there anything specifically that you want to make sure people are aware of? Like plugging this website, or is there a Discord for the cosplay community out there? Or are there... What, what resources would you like to give out to everyone and put it in sort of like an open format there? I don't know who who has off the top of your head or which ones you use frequently. Obviously, if you need props made, just talk to Hoku. Man, he's right there. <laughs> he's right there. Uh, as far as a, a BlizzCon-centric community, there is a Facebook group that is specifically for oh. BlizzCon cosplayers. Um, it's extremely helpful. I joined it before I made my first Chromie costume for BlizzCon 2014. And if okay. it wasn't for that group, I would probably not have finished. I probably would have made something horrible and threw it in the trash. <laughs> so, oh, no. um, but it is only for cosplayers. It's not a fan page. And I am the admin of that page. It's called BlizzCon Cosplay Discussion. Um, so if, and you have to answer, there will be a little pop up. There'll be three questions that you have to answer, or I will just deny you and you go, you go your way. Um, <laughs> but it's basically to make sure that you really are planning on attending BlizzCon if you are able to get tickets and that you have put some thought into what you might want to make. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we all post progress threads of our projects throughout the year. Uh, and it's a great place to ask questions. Uh, as far as like, where to learn different skills. YouTube is probably the best place ever to learn um, anything from how to use a sewing machine to how to make our foam, whatever you Yeah, that is YouTube is amazing. Well, is there any are there any specific YouTubers, content creators in the cosplay realm, YouTube specifically that that focus on these sort of tricks? Yeah. You guys have learned, as, a, as a foam specialist, sure. I uh, highly recommend Evil Ted and oh, Punished Props. <laughs> Evil Ted and Punished Props are, are the some of the foam gods who will teach you how to make foam armor from patterning to, you know, how to add texture to it, how to finish it, everything you could possibly they have amazing YouTube channels. They also both stream on Twitch regularly, and they are really, really amazing. Was, so you have Evil Ted and who was was the other one? Punished Props. Punished Props. Oh, yes. these are names. Yeah, you guys are something that I need to get a follow up show to this <laughs> with other other folks on the yeah. show. Yeah, they are. They're amazing. Um, they obviously they do venture into Punished Props has been making uh, a lot of 3D printed stuff. Uh, also, both are known for manipulating pre-made toy weapons. And um, recently I've been making some really cool stuff by taking like, basically like water pistols and stuff that you get at the at the toy store and refinishing them, adding things. And they make these weapons that, you know, it could have been from Fallout or, you know, any of like, any of these like video games that have 
gun type weapons, but they, mm. they repaint them and they add stuff and they'll add 3D printed elements and stuff to them to, to make them crazy looking weapons. So they definitely do venture into other materials, but they're both um, very nice and very, very helpful. And they just want people to make stuff like and that's that's how i've been getting with cosplay i want to start helping people by making tutorials i have yet to be able to really do it um but i want to start being able to help people like they helped me when i was getting started oh i'm looking at this punish props that was the that was the probius yes the yep. Probi oh, yep. okay they made the probius this year this the small probius the big yellow one was done i think by like a big company right um, sure. but they made the they made the smaller scale one that zipped oh. around real fast and it was it was adorable <laughs> was awesome courtney or, or dana do you guys have anything that you look to resource wise when you're figuring stuff out or do you just try it and it all blows up and you try it again i don't have it yeah certainly punch props like they have a lot of mold making one-on-one -on -one videos that's how we learned how to do a lot of our brush on molds and um uh, rotocasting and then Evil Ted is what changed all of our filmmaking work um, with his tools of the trade and how to get clean seams. Those are really good videos for if you're just getting started with foam. Um, and also we subscribe to Stan Winston School of Art too, and we watch a lot of their sculpting and prosthetic making videos too. Kamui. Uh, Kamui, of course, yes. Yeah, Kamui has all the books for all the things. She does a lot of stuff about electronics and lighting. Yep, yeah, her uh, she has a intro one or basic, like a just lighting one, and then an advanced one she just released, and they're both really great. Oh, I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have Kumui's channel pulled up here. Hold on, I'm I'm doing it. We're doing it live. <laughs> Please hold. Yeah, we're doing it live. So she you said there was the Stan Winston School. So I have that one here too as well. Oh, they make yeah, I, okay. They make how to make monster masks. Okay, I, mean, I see why you guys would they like have, this. They have everything. <laughs> how to make body uh, make tentacles. tentacles. That's we looked at that for. Um, what were we doing? Was it? <laughs> I don't remember. It might have been. We made a Aunt Mercy that hasn't really made the light of day, but she has a movable tail. We're looking up their tentacle thing with cables, and there's so many things. So many things on there that's awesome. Yep, and then this is this is what this is actually what we were looking for putting this show together. Uh, Camui came up, and we may we may do a follow up show in the future, and she might be sitting in seats similar to where you're sitting, not in your seats, but at least digitally. <laughs> she can so. have my seat. Oh, okay. She, she can come over. We're cool. <laughs> oh, okay. She knows me. <laughs> Fair <laughs> she enough. She my seat. <laughs> All right then. Gotcha, gotcha. And then outside of Hoku props. Hoku, what do you what do you turn to for building? What kind of resources do you want to throw out there to other aspiring cosplay artists that are out there that have been already noticed? What else is out there? There's got to be more. There has to be more. There's always more. Uh, uh, they they definitely covered quite a few people that that supply a, a ton of technique how tos. Um, uh, another really important source is the RPF form. It's called the RPF.com, mm -hmm. and there's a ton of relevant information on how to do stuff because so much of what has plagued cosplayers and what has really um, been a breakthrough is a lot of the techniques that used to be specific to the special effects industry that were kind of hidden and kept secret uh, really crafty cosplayers and makers have gone through and started doing all the R&D on those processes and figuring out how they're done on their own 
and then you know definitely spreading that knowledge out kind of like i was discussing what i like to do earlier um but yeah so the rpf youtube is immensely useful uh, even just googling stuff how the hell do i do this that is always nice um and then the other thing that I think people should consider doing more often is do not feel afraid to actually contact any of us. Uh, you know, more often than not, we're very, very, very willing to talk and communicate with people. I know, like, I mean, Twitch is now a huge resource for people to come in and check stuff out. You know, it's yep. you don't just have to go buy Punished Props books. You can actually go in his live stream and ask him live questions or me live or Egg Sisters or Little Sparks. Or even Evil Ted, you know, it's it's definitely something just be willing to go out and communicate because that's how you learn. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, here's another one. Uh, SmoothOn is a resource. It's a supplier for special effects materials like silicones, resins, uh, epoxies and all that. Uh, if you go to their website, SmoothOn.com, they actually have a lot of tutorials specific to their products. Um, there's a lot of different varied you know, we say urethane resin, but there's 500 different formulations of urethane resin, uh, you know, supposed to accomplish different sort of things. And so it's important to know what each different kind of thing is meant for. Oh. So they've got a lot of resources on how that can be used. So like a, a clear resin, for example, has to be cast in a very specific way if you want to eliminate bubbles. Okay. Um, I know Little Sparks has gotten really good at that. <laughs> but uh, you can also go to ReynoldsAM.com, Reynolds Advanced Materials, which is just essentially smooth. Uh, it's one of the primary distributors for SmoothOn. They have a lot of good tutorial videos, too. They also have a lot of locations throughout the United States that you can go to and actually pick the people's brains. And they're usually super, super nice. The one yep. near me, I'm very, very... Which... Oh, I, don't, oh, I don't hear her. Your mic cut out. Yeah, Discord cuts you we out. Uh-oh. No, can you hear me? You're back, back now. now. Okay, um, but yeah, they. I have one, uh, Reynolds Advanced Materials, very close to my house, about 20 minutes away, and they're really, really nice, and they uh, are very knowledgeable and helpful, and you go in, you basically tell them, I want to make X, and they will say, well, you need A, B, C, and D, and this is the order that you'll do it in, this is how you can do it. Um, they also have classes right in their store stuff. A lot of times you can take a mold making class or, yeah. you know, whatever, and they're just, they're an awesome company and really great about teaching you how uh you can find them at comic cons a lot too i know phoenix comic con they pretty much always every year you can go on there um but yeah smooth on in general is really helpful and their their customer service and social media reps are just amazing very responsive so it's a great uh if you want to get started in mold making gem making things like that they they know their stuff and they are very 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 helpful I have one final one. Um, Coast Airbrush. It's uh, out here in in Orange County, California, right right next to Disneyland, actually. Which what and, is that again? What was it again? Uh, it's Coast Airbrush. Oh, Coast I actually Airbrush. put a link in Twitch. Uh, that's a that's a, a paint supplier. Oh gosh, Sparks your keyboard though. Okay, there you go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, it doesn't hear me talking, but it'll pick up my keyboard. <laughs> they have they have a, a ton of of airbrush paints, both water based and urethane. Water based paints are really one of the primary paints used on like foam materials, just because they're flexible, and that's a, a resource you can go to to find uh, really good paints. Because that's one of the issues that I've had 
uh, in the past or not not necessarily had, but um, a lot of people that experienced and come and spoken with me about is more, so often, you know, when you're painting a prop, if you don't paint it uh, the proper way, which is dependent on the material that you're painting, uh, you're going to run into a lot of issues with the paint just not adhering or flaking off or just okay. tearing. It, it really depends. That's then and, and this is a source to go to. There's also TNT Cosplay Supply. Uh, they are a, a EVA foam supplier, and they are also very active on Twitch. So and that's TNTCosplaySupply.com. They are they're very very supportive and helpful, and they have come into my channel and <laughs> said, you know. Do you need more foam? Like, because it's during con crunch time, they know I'm running out of foam and stuff, and they'll come in and they'll be talking to me and ask me if I need a rush order of some foam or something to help me get through the con crunch season. Like, the, the people over at TNC are really amazing and, and helpful, and their product is awesome. It's a really high density foam, comes in different thicknesses and big roll stuff. They're now offering like dowels, foam hmm. dowels, which are. I haven't gotten, I haven't had a reason to use them yet, but I know I will. So they're nifty. They're, yeah, there's there's some really cool stuff over on their site. Awesome. That's a whole bunch of things. Because I, yeah. I, I had, because I've written here the notes. So there's there's resources now with 3D printing as well that you guys dabble in. But then, of course, it comes down to like the 3D printing, handcrafting. There's warbler, painting, sculpting, resin cast, thermoplastics, vacuum molds, alginate, which I don't know if you want to tell that story or leave it for the BTS podcast about the alginate issue. Um, uh, LED lights, too, and all these different pieces of the puzzles that all come together. So I'll and you have, have to these. Be a hair, you have to be a hairstylist and a makeup oh. artist as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Those as well, of course. So go to school for those, obviously. <laughs> On top of everything else, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of those, there's a lot of trial and error involved, I imagine, right? Yes. <laughs> all, all of the things you have to throw away because you weren't able to salvage something and you were practicing. Like my scenarius body, um, I didn't necessarily make a mistake, but hmm. I was, I didn't, when I first made the frame, I used a certain size wood beams, um, and I had only designed it so that the back legs would hinge at the hip joint. Okay. And I had the whole wood frame made. I had done my my test walking around my my backyard and stuff, and I just I knew I could do better. I knew I could make a more realistic step motion. I just and I knew I could make it sturdier. So I threw the entire thing, like across the room, I was like, all right, starting over. And oh, I, no. changed, I changed the type of wood. Um, I ended up making it out of two by two uh, boards instead of the ones I had been using. Yeah. I figured out a way to make the legs bend in multiple spots so that it would hinge at the hip and then hit a stopper and stop moving. And then the bottom half of the leg would then hinge instead. So it moved in two points two points so it had a more realistic looking step um so sometimes it's because you screwed something up like my my twitch followers um watched me make a giant sword blade out of uh insulation foam which is something a lot of people use to make lightweight props i wanted it to be protected and so i was like oh i'm gonna cover it in thermoplastic so I did, and I was like, this is way too heavy, and I tossed it aside. So I made this whole big sword blade and never used it and went back to my usual EVA foam and 
went a completely different method, ended up resin coating it instead. Like, so you do trial and error, you, um, you realize you can do better. So you remake something. So yeah, it's, it, you do waste a lot of materials, unfortunately. Uh, he is great with the 3D modeling and stuff, and he can get a lot of those those things worked out ahead of time. Um, but I know like in every, even in 3D printing, somebody will 3D print something and it'll go wrong and you have to re reprint it. So there's always some sort of mistakes and, and learning and I have knowing you can do something better. So with 3D printing is one thing. I want, I gotta bring up this, if it'll load. You could, you could do it Google Drive. Maybe, maybe it won't do it. There's, I brought up vacuum forming because Hoku has a video and it's, it's, it's amazing to watch this. Cause you have this at like your, your prop shop, right? This is all, this is all your stuff. Uh, I have a couple vacuum forms. That one specifically is at the place I teach called uh, vocademy usa.com. And that's a two foot by three foot vacuum form. But that video, it's, it's parts for Lionheart, but some of them are milled out on a CNC router and then some of them are actually 3D printed. You can you can 3D print vacuum form bucks. So satisfying. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is. Super, yeah, I'll back it up again. <laughs> I'll back it up again. Rub it. Uh, and that's to make... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rub the air bubbles. And that's to make make molds, right? I would assume? Uh, or... No, these are masters. These are... Oh. That's the belt buckle. Um... So the paws are actually holding that that guy in the top left corner. Uh, those kind of are grabbing onto it. That's the main belt buckle. That's exactly what I used on, on Lionheart. That's oh, also wow. the same way that I did the uh, line on the chest and the line on the shoulders. So it's a, it's a repeatable process if you need multiple copies of the same thing. Uh, and then what it also is is it's hollow, so it's, it's drastically lighter. So those, huh. those paws maybe weigh like two ounces each, not even that. Um, it's it's you know when you're working with Lionheart the or Reinhardt the big issue you're running into is weight right, and so the easiest way to eliminate weight is to take ninety percent of the material out of it and just take the shape that you need and vacuum forming is a way to do that. This it, all this stuff is magic. Crazy. It's some of the <laughs> things. It's also how they do food trays. So well, when you go to the store <laughs> and you get like a, a food tray, <laughs> yeah. it's vacuum formed. Well, that. So many of these new techniques that have been adapted into just cosplay building are are not your standard run of the mill fare. So I have I have the, the the LED lights that you had for the the mercy wings that the two of you did, Dana and Courtney. Like how do you like LED lights are a new thing that are sweeping cosplay by storm. So does every cosplay need LED now? And how do you control them? And do you like get circuits for these and you program all yourself? I don't even know how this works. What? What? Yeah, you can get, um, I mean, a lot of people, you could just get single LEDs and you can just power them with a, a battery and an on-off switch. Or if you want a more programmed effect like these, you can get some sort of microcontroller like a Trinket Pro um, or Uno. And um, Adafruit has a lot of that stuff. That's another plug. Um, they sell a lot of basic electronics. And if you want to get started, um, the Kamui Advanced Cosplay Book will tell you which things you should buy. But for the wings, it's just um, RGB uh, LED strips that you can program um, any color you want 
and okay. you can put some sort of like animation on there as well. What was the what was the LED site again? Adafruit. A D A F R U I T. Yeah. And Adafruit also has tutorials too. Yeah, and they're yeah. also very helpful, and they have four of queries. And yeah, they people. answer you really fast on those. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Adafruit different like little plugs and circuits and and yeah there's different types of okay interesting i think I've, they even have like a monthly box where they'll send you like a kit where you can program things yeah arduino is like an open source um software and everyone shares their code and they have a lot of uh, great forums as well they answer all your questions too Oh, so their LED page is 280-plus uh, items, so, okay. I'm not, <laughs> not going to scroll this whole thing, chat, all right? But, uh, all the it, things. All the things. Wow. All right. That's really cool. I'm just opening up other things we can, we can look at and talk about here. So, I guess a side question is... I guess like Sparks went over this earlier and how she's like changing how she's deciding on builds and moving forward and integrating that into her little style. Do uh, Dana or, or Courtney, I guess Dana, she's doing all the talking, most of the talking. Do you, where do you go from, you talked about earlier about the monster you, you're picking. Do you have just different games or, or sources or shows or, or anything that you're, you're picking from? I guess how people wanted to ask, one of the questions that came up in my Discord that I wanted to ask you is, how do you lock in a build? Because I'm not going to ask Sparks this, because she went on this on a stream yesterday, and she like she can't, because she may even work on this chromie, and then like three months from now, she'll do something else. So that's 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 terrible. But, because the creative like juices keep flowing in their direction, or they want to go to this and go to that, but how do you, when you lock in something that's a huge build project, like if you might make this crazy monster soon, what do you what do you um, think about when you're building this huge thing? Is there like do you because in my mind as a, as a film nerd, I'm thinking there's like budget sheets and time management and like due dates and all this other stuff, but you just kind of go with what you know or what you want to try or what you want to like challenge yourself to make. Yeah, um, we have like a, a private Facebook group where we just we find stuff that or characters or techniques and we just throw it in there. So we have ideas. Um, I guess we don't know what project we're going to do until we know. Somehow we just are like, all right, this is it. We're going to do it. Yeah, it's almost always video game based. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're going to shoot for uh, a Blizzard costume again uh, this coming year. And uh, as far as choosing it, yeah, it's it's definitely like what skill challenge we want to do, what fits our style or something that we can make our style. Um, or just it has to be something that we're really psyched about doing because once you start spending on the money on the materials and start building it out, yeah, you're kind of committed to it. So it's gotta be something you're gonna love. Yeah, there was another, there was another shot of the, uh, of, of Garuda from earlier. I forgot we had this big stilt shot. So there's that for, for chat to look at. The other question that always comes up when I'm looking at these massive cosplays and a lot of it is behind many of you. And so where does all this stuff sit when you're not wearing it? Like, do you have just like the cosplay room? It's I getting think, out of control. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all kind of have like a cosplay room, but it just at some point you have to find something else to do with like all these pieces, especially if you do like large things, yeah. like large armor and stuff. Um, I have this room here that has this new shelf behind me that I've been able to start 
stacking things on and then I also have a small walk-in closet but things like Cenarius's deer butt I can't fit that in here so that went in my attic and it just kind of got like tossed to the side so I have for the past few years I haven't seen it I don't know what kind of shape it's in I don't know if rats ate it I have no idea what's going on with that so um I I do have some cosplay pieces that I'm like I'll probably never wear this again they didn't um, hold up real well after wearing it at a convention or something and yeah. are at a point where like I will probably just toss them because that it, they're just taking up space you have to some people sell their stuff but I like to keep as much as I can in case I want to piece it together for something else later like I have worn all of Cenarius except for the centaur body at Phoenix Comic Con a couple summers ago okay. I made the tier 18 druid skirt so I was able to kind of like revamp it so it was it wasn't necessarily a specific character but it had a lot of the elements from world of warcraft from the the upper body was all my scenarios pieces and then the lower body was a druid skirt that i pulled from game and recreated so you can kind of sometimes use reuse pieces and stuff so you might not want to get rid of them i know some people even get storage units to keep stuff in so there's, there's some options, but if you have a tiny apartment, you might have to make smaller costumes. Yeah, there's huge... I'm, I'm looking over here, too. I'll, I'll go back over to Hoku on this. You have this... The, one of the images you gave me about crafting all the armor you did for Uther. And... so the, These are all the different pieces. This is, this is not all the pieces in this one shot, I don't think. It could be. I don't think... Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's most of them. The only pieces that are missing are actually the uh, under. It's the understructure. That's just the armor, though. Yeah. Because you can see most of all of it when you're wearing it here. Yeah. So, was there actually, like, real leather work that was made, too, for the... Uh, the yeah, yeah. The, the whole costume is actually... So, the... My big thing and, and my big pet peeve is... is and it's something we kind of touched on earlier, is... If you build a costume, you need to be able to wear it. And what I mean by that is you need to be able to move, you need to be able to walk around, you need to be able to communicate and talk and all that. And it's something that, you know, if, if it's such a big pet peeve for me, I need to make sure that that's what I address mostly. So underneath this whole thing is actually a full leather harness. So it's a... Hell, I can just show you one sec. Oh, you actually have... Okay. Just, just, just grab it. It's right behind you. That's true, yeah. I'll like okay uh oh is discord not letting you talk or is did you hit something probably discord. oh no I have pushed the talk oh, so you don't go, hear you yeah the dog barking so on the back side of this you might be able to see a little bit there's an entire leather harness and everything fastens to it with buckles it's really easy to, to put on and off and then you can also tighten stuff up and you can adjust it and you can cinch stuff up and whatnot It's just like a, it's like a piece itself. They all just like clasp together in different ways. So much moving metal and, and light right now that like the bitrate on Discord just can't handle it. <laughs> it's actually exploding. So and I apologize for that chat. But again, as more improvements come to the platform. Oh yeah, wow. It just strips and slaps together in there and different, interesting. But yeah, the chainmail started moving, and I was like, oh, there goes the bitrate, basically. 
Yeah, several of my costumes now have harnesses that I built to go under them um, yeah. that not only do the like armor pieces strap to like the big shoulders on Chromie and Arthas strap to harnesses that I wear, but also like my wings for Chromie slide down into these like PVC pipe pieces that I made. So harnesses are a good way to to create a base for all your armor to hook onto. So it's nice and secure. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of uh, four-pin quick connectors for electronics. Uh, that way you don't just have wires that are fixed in, in place. You can actually disconnect them. Okay. There's so many little just parts. Yeah, the whole pieces. costume kind of can come, come apart from every, every sub-piece and sub-component. That's awesome. I mean, it's like watching you put it together. I, I bet, like... A lot of the the cosplay community they would just want to sit and watch someone get dressed into these huge suits. <laughs> just like, where does it all Sometimes class we together? Do like, uh, like uh, I think Egg Sisters, you guys did one with uh, uh, your your Reinhardt, where you actually did a how we got into costume video from start to finish. Yeah, somebody else did it. I don't remember who. Yeah, it was either watch, Big White Bazooka or oh. Five Rings. They yeah, did it, I think. Yeah, that... like. Speed it up a little bit. Oh gosh! Did did you send me that? Is that a, in, if that's on your if that's on your? Uh, I mean, all I have for your Reinhardt ones, I have your boot test. <laughs> the boot test. Yeah, the around boot in these test. Things. You you have both of ours then. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the boot test. That's. Oh god. <laughs> it's like. Just a stroll. Just a stroll. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like the the hammer down at the end sells it. I'm glad you could tell what that was. Yeah, that was, that's I mean, I, I, your hands would be way out here holding it I'm sure once you're all armored up. But yes, I, I absolutely. There's there's so much that goes into each one of these. Is that on? Yeah, if that video, I don't think it's on your Facebook as a Facebook video, but if that's somewhere, that'd be really neat to watch because that's that's probably half of the learning how to, to to make cosplay for those that are aspiring to do it is watching people that have put it together like get in and how they've created and how they clasp and how much help they need and how long it takes to get in and get out of of some of these outfits and some obviously can be way different than others so even for just your rogue dana you had to get like your whole face done and that's how many hours did it take to do your face uh six well, I, I, yeah, I think it was six hours of makeup with the prosthetic and all the makeup and another hour to get in the armor. It was nuts. Right. It looks cool, but it's quite the investment. Yeah, because you're wearing a full a full eye, cheek, nose setup for all this. For just that. And that's a totally yeah. different type because that... You can put that on once, and if you want to put that on again for another another convention, then that's a whole other sitting. You're like an actor sitting waiting for his role you know, in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably go faster if, you know, the more you do it, the faster you get. But, like, I see the, yeah. these people doing movie makeup, and they have, like, three or four people doing it at a time. Oh, yeah. And that would be nice, but it's just <laughs> us. <so. laughs> it's, just, it's just us, so we have to do everything. Yeah, yeah there was one... There's so many pictures that I'm trying to like scroll through to bring up on screen here. Where and cosplay handlers are amazing humans, and they should be thanked over and over. 
because they have to learn how they didn't build these things. Most of them, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's your like boyfriend or your sister or your mom or whoever is being your handler, they didn't build it most likely, but they're willing to help you get in them. So they have to learn how you snap like everything into each other. And so my, my fiance has gotten really, really great and knows how to put my costumes together and get me in them relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. My mother was my handler at BlizzCon this year, and she had to learn how to be a handler when she came the day before BlizzCon. And she had the hardest time getting my buckles on my harness, like snapped to my shoulders and things like that. But over time, your handler kind of learns how things fit together and stuff. But it's they're amazing, amazing people who <laughs> who put up with a lot of crap and they have to do a lot of work to get you in and out when you have to like use the restroom and do it in a timely fashion. If you're be- sitting backstage at a at the contest or something and they're like, all right, you got five minutes, get your stuff back on, you're gonna go on stage. They have to know how to get you in it in like really quick amount of time. And some of these costumes have so many pieces and so they have they have their hands full a lot of times trying to get you in and out of them. Yeah, I, I almost needs. That's why I, I wonder some of the as as like a cosplay I guess troop grows. Whenever you see them at a convention, you can see this at BlizzCon a couple of times where it's not even just one person in costume like walking. There's like a small little parade that follows them around. Right, that like even if they're friends that are helping there or they're their cosplay handler, I suppose in that regard too, because then I think of Kaz, for example, who recently went and and won BlizzCon for Hogger, and I know that 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 Frost, Frosty only did one day when he was Greymane, and they flipped, so then she was Hogger, and they just they both handled each other when they were going because you can't do that much costume by yourself. There's just no way. You, Even just a up. basic costume, you need right. someone there. Mm. Someone to carry all your stuff, or if you need <laughs> someone to take pictures, if you want pictures with people. Or, Even the, yeah. the simplest things, like just because you're wearing gloves, sometimes you like you can't use your mm. phone, and like you can't, you know, it's just like little things like that. Like sometimes they have to, you know, put a straw and a drink and and feed you, basically. Like <laughs> they, yeah. it's. They have to like be your hands. They a lot of times my handlers end up having to be my eyes because I do oh. those large shoulders and or like Chromie's wings, even though they're not the hugest wings in the world. Like I have, um, I in Master Chromie I can't turn my head because of the size of the shoulders and the size of the buns combined. It they <laughs> kind of they block each other, so right. I can't turn my head. So if someone is behind me wanting my attention for a photograph or just to talk to me, but they're standing a little bit too far back, I can't see them. So like, and when I'm trying to go in doorways, um, especially with Chromie, and I know I know everyone who's done a Reinhardt has these kind of issues too. Like if you're trying to maneuver through certain areas, you need direction. So like I have to do these like weird three-point turns with Chromie because not only do I have to go sideways because of my shoulders are wide but i also have like three feet or two feet out my back with the wings so i still don't fit through the door sideways so i have to kind of back in and do like a weird little pivot turn yeah (laughs) it's like but i can't see what i'm doing so your handler and the people with you have to help guide you and 
be your eyes and your hands and hold your phone and get you food and drinks and give out your business cards and things like that. No, that's definitely a wild ride. And I'm sure. So what's, what's, <laughs> this is kind of a, maybe a little bit too on the nose of a question is getting it all finished and getting it done and donning it for the first time more of a cathartic feeling or after your first trip out and when you come back and you take it all off because <laughs> then then you know you've done it because like, i don't know who because i'm looking at these pictures where is this picture of you with the uh the headdress on and everything you guys have to go to their their facebook pages and their instagrams because there's so many pictures behind we're just like they had they got into all this stuff <laughs> I can't even imagine. Even though I don't know, like the larger life one, like Hoku, when you get out of Reinhardt, just like just open up and you just like step out of it, you're like, all right. My uh Reinhardt's actually incredibly easy to get into. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just like it's a big tube. And so I just have <laughs> I, I cannot get into Reinhardt on my own. Um but what I do is I, I just have two people on each side basically pick it up by the shoulders and turn it sideways and I kind of like I lean down and then they just like thunk and then and then I just stand back up. So I'm I'm actually really easy to get into. So I just step into stilts and then I stand up and bend over and then they just shove the thing on top and then they put my wig on and we're we're pretty much ready to go. Um but yeah. You know, I wanted to add something to like handlers and stuff. So I'm yeah. I'm kind of in the position where my left side's my danger side, so if you guys are ever, like, hanging out with me, try to avoid standing on the left side because, I, you know, obviously I don't see very well. And so when I'm in costume, there's been a couple of times where I just, like, bashed into somebody really, really hard, and I, oh, no. I didn't mean to, but they weren't paying attention, and I don't see. And so my girlfriend has a tendency to kind of, like, walk on my left side and, and slightly in front so I can just kind of see her through the peripheral, but that's, I mean, that's just another example of how important it is to have uh, handlers. To keep us alive and sane <laughs> actually for, in other ways for sure yeah for me getting into the costume is actually more um the the relief moment when i'm finally in the costume because i'm i'm very high anxiety uh and i before a convention i don't sleep i barely eat i'm like just knots and it's mm. a, i'm a mess the couple days before uh, a convention and then as soon as i get in that costume i'm totally fine i am myself when i'm in costume because my anxiety just goes away and getting it off after being in pain all day <laughs> that's right. it's nice but it's definitely more rewarding to me getting into it because then i know everything's okay i got all my pieces there everything traveled and stayed in one piece everything fit on me um i do tend to do a lot of runs along the way like when i did scenarios i have a bunch of videos on my youtube and stuff of me doing test walks in oh yeah in the, in the deer butt um yeah. so like uh, you, there's videos of me like walking around my pool in my backyard uh with the different stages of scenarios so i knew when i got to blizzcon that i'd be okay walking in it mm -hmm. um so i don't like to be surprised at blizzcon going oh crap this doesn't work i i did unfortunately not get to use my sword with Arthas until the day before I left for TwitchCon. I had never had the costume on with the weapon at the same time and realized I had to make some adjustments very last minute just to be able to bend my wrist 
uh, because of the dragon piece that went on my wrist, um, it prevented me from bending my wrist completely. So my grip was weird and it was digging into my hand and stuff. So I had to make a little bit of an adjustment there of how that attached and fit. But right. for the most part, everything is tested before I go to the convention. So I'm not surprised when I get there. I'm like, oh, crap, this doesn't fit together. But um, yeah, getting getting it all on and stepping out and having people really excited to uh, to see the costume and and start asking me about it and start wanting to take pictures and stuff. That's when I'm my happiest. And I just love getting it all on and getting out there. There was, but getting it off is nice. <laughs> there's, I wanted to go back because there's different parts of cosplay that between putting on the facial prosthetics like Dana did for her rogue or getting into the larger than life cosplays that you guys have built that you're standing inside these huge armor suits. And when we were talking about the, the notes yesterday when we were talking, we, we I asked about those Warhammer 40k space brains, the guys that you linked me into a couple of them. But then... I mean, Hoku talked about it, but I just want to make sure that the audience, I'm sure they've been wondering. So can we talk about the fact that you've, you've due to your, <laughs> your eye, you've literally incorporated cosplay into your own face. Can we talk about how awesome that is, though? This is just a, a screenshot of you with the a close-up of the Uther LED. And I wanted to make sure you could put a disclaimer out there because you've been being asked about having these made or being these as a part of your prop and uh yeah go for it uh i won't make people led eyes i won't make them <laughs> prosthetic eyes i'm not an ocularist don't ask me i won't do it right um you know i i have experience with the um chemicals and and materials that are used for it and i know how to polish it properly and not to irritate the eye socket and the, the right type of lubricants and all that so you know, and, and even then with, with all that experience, there's still a certain amount of risk involved with that kind of stuff. And so it's just, I mean, most cosplay has that, but I'm not going to help people put LEDs in their eyeballs. <laughs> no, that is, that is just, that is just for you. I like going through, there's also, there's like the pictures of here that are on your, your, uh, your Facebook. So maybe a cable cosplay in the future. Yeah, someday or... I'm going to get ripped enough to do cable. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Once you see once you see Josh Brolin in the new Deadpool movie, then you can just like basically copy him. You, 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 like real life. I'd, I'll 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 ask him to to do what I do. It's like a, a light in his actual eye. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so one thing to think about though is uh you know I, I'm missing my left eye, so my depth perception is severely affected, and I walk around in a Reinhardt that's eight feet tall. Think about what sort of like weird trippy uh, depth perception issues are going on with that costume. <laughs> I'm going to let you handle that because you're the professional in this regard. I'll let you <laughs> you tackle that one, sir. But I, I guess... So we, we tested you guys with your soapbox and your closing yesterday. So I hope you're ready. Oh. But I have a, I have a on the real show, we have a question about this. But, uh, I mean, Sparks, do you have anything you want to close with? Anyone you want to thank or shout out to? And then the, uh, the question I pose is... Where will uh, fellow nerds out there see you next? Do you have anything you're prepping for on the horizon that you're going to be attending? Uh, well, everyone can find me on Twitch most weekdays at Twitch slash Little Sparks with a Z at the end. Um, also, most of my social media is LFG, and I am 
right now I'm working on my subvote cosplay of the Genie Chromie. Uh, I should be done that sometime in the next month. It's not a very complex costume. So after that, I will likely start with my BlizzCon project, which is the Ice Storm Mantle Malfurion gender bend from Heroes of the Storm. So I'll be getting myself started into that for BlizzCon next year and streaming all of it on Twitch. I am, I have promised people that I will start doing more tutorials. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things I get asked most is how do you make a centaur body that walks? And so I am planning that over the course of the, this next year, I'm going to be making another centaur body and documenting the whole thing. So I can actually do tutorial videos so people can now have somewhere to go to see a step-by-step -step of how you start planning that, how you um, start figuring out how big to make it and all that kind of stuff, how you awesome. wire the pulleys and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, Twitch is a great place to come hang out with me and ask questions. And I pretty much stream like Monday through Friday around 11 Pacific to, I don't know, four or five some days. So um, awesome. it's, a, it's a great place to hang out. The Egg Sisters, yes, both have things you want to throw. Oh, gosh. Throw out Ooh, some, us? Some, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I got the, you guys if you need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hoku will just plug yourself for yourself. Yeah. Uh, we're on all the social media things. I guess we post a lot on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we do stream periodically. We do not have a, a schedule since we live... A bit of ways from each other we normally will stream maybe friday night saturday and sunday if we're on something we're talking about maybe trying to stream during the week satellite locations and just uh skype each other but you tested has yet to be done as far as future projects i think we're hoping just to do something for blizzcon for our next big one we want to be able to spend the time we want to spend on it so we're going to learn how to do maybe a life cast. So we have a base for our monster suit, whatever that's going to be. Oh. And uh, see about Twitch streaming that. Yeah. We're trying to get bio cosplay to come over. Uh, our next convention is C2E2, which is in Chicago. That's in the springtime. So we're going to bring our Bloodborne stuff out and probably the, the Necromancer. And if Bio comes out for that, we're going to try and lure him over to do the life casting. Life maybe. cast party. <laughs> but yeah. It'll get weird. I don't know. The world is our oyster. We have not decided what we're doing yet. And Excellent. We like to, yeah, we normally post a lot of progress stuff. So if you have questions or you want to mm -hmm. see the madness. Oh, there, there is. That's why, if chats were wondering why I'm looking over at this, this is where all... I have three different drop boxes and then different Facebooks and Instagrams open to bring up images. So I can't even show you all of these. So please go find them for, I mean, bio just said, woo, life cast party. There yes, you you're in. <laughs> there, there it is. Confirmed right here on my, <laughs> if it doesn't happen now, it's not my fault. It's just saying. And then Hoku, what's your closing soapbox or, and where can people maybe see you in the future? If you like my voice, you can find me at <laughs> twitch.tv slash Hoku Props. You can also find me on all social media platforms, literally everything, at Hoku Props. Uh, I've got a website, hokuprops.com. 
Um, I stream regularly every single day from approximately 10 o'clock in the morning to 2 to 3 in the afternoon, depending on how I'm feeling. And, uh, yeah, please feel free to, to come on in and hang out. And if you have any questions, hit me up on pretty much any of the social media platforms. As far as, like, uh, the next convention that I'm going to be at, uh, there's a smaller convention out here in Southern California called Anime LA that is basically PartyCon 2. I consider Ooh. Dragon Con PartyCon 1. Um, I'll be there partying and probably slightly intoxicated. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> and then uh, as far as, like, the next costume I'm going to be working on, uh, the individual that I worked, that I collaborated with Uthron, were actually together working on a really, really, really big group cosplay project for next year we're actually doing a uh, knights of the ebon blade cosplay Ooh. group and we're doing death knight uh kind of death knightified versions of most of the main characters we've got like something like 50 to 100 people interested in doing it and oh, okay. a lot of really big name cosplayers <laughs> so i'm going to be uh, one of the important characters for that that's not announced yet but that'll Ooh. be coming out in the next little while so yeah uh, any Death Knights will be interested in that. Is that penned for next BlizzCon? You said, or yeah, that's for next BlizzCon. So we're we're gonna probably have <laughs> better start soon. <laughs> we we really want to have like well, we've already started, so okay. we really want to have you know like fifty different people competing in the costume contest with Death Knights. It'd be pretty funny. wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, best of luck to that and all of your future endeavors. I'm going to pull this back over here and hit this button. There it is. So thank you all. Yeah, there's the woofs as well. <laughs> so thank you all very much for watching episode number 156. This is the cosplay spotlight. And I might do more of these in the future, some months down the road, some like middle of the summer with uh, some other cosplay folks, just because there's so many different names and faces in this huge expanding world that I want to just get different opinions and, and out there and, and as the show evolves and covers different things then that'll be on the horizon but again in reverse order there is Hoku again Hoku props you can go find him there's his twitch stream where if you like his voice not, a, <laughs> not if you like your prop but just your voice Hoku huh just the voice just the voice okay that's fair I accept it I, I think we call him the experience the experience. <laughs> there are the egg sisters at eggs egg underscore sisters underscore cosplay on Twitch. And then all their relevant social media. Just Google them up. I did. I had to do my research. It's They don't have changed names like I do. So go for it. But Dana, Corny, thank you very much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. And there's Little Sparks. Also, again, Twitch at Little Sparks. Or add an LFG to it if you're looking at other places like Instagram or or. or with her but sparks it was awesome to have you out sitting down here go good luck with uh i mean you didn't giggle too much after the intro we got there <laughs> we got there we did yeah it. <laughs> but thank you for your time today as well it was awesome thank you and then again my name is adam kk bay i run this little shindig if you've missed the show check it out on youtube or the audio only versions itunes stitcher google play and some other ones in the future Check out the BlizzCon coverage I just recently did. The post and pre-BlizzCon shows are, of course, already online. Taliesin, Evatel, Bellular, Preach, Novel. Go check that all out. Next week's show is mostly going to be one of my like year-end wrap-up. Just myself and chat talking for about an hour, hour and a half, or seven hours, depending on how long we talk. Just going over stats and upgrades and, and changes and getting feedback directly from you to me. 
So tune in for that next Sunday. But until then, everyone, usually, of course, in World of Warcraft, you trust in your seal of artifact power. Get to 75 traits or go check out the resources, of course, in the description if you have curiosities about cosplay. There's going to be a huge list of them. I have them all right here. They'll all be there for you. But thank you very much for watching, everybody. And until next week, <gasps> bye. Bye-bye. Wave. Wave bye, nice people. Wave bye. Wave. Wait, Dana, Cordy, wave. Come on. She, yeah, Dana, come on. You could do it. I believe it. That works. That works, too. <laughs>